I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, December 17, 2018. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So we have a lot going on out here. There was a video over the weekend. We're going to discuss a little bit about how we got to where we are. And then we're obviously going to spend a lot of time discussing where we go and what we need to look for when we get to wherever we're going. And it's based on time and it's based on what the market does when it gets there. And I'll explain a whole lot more in just a couple of minutes. Before we get knee deep into the nuts and bolts, let me just first take a pause Thank everybody for continuing to participate, making comments and posts underneath the videos each and every night. I love the interaction. I love the participation. Please keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and also share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. We're in a pay it forward type of scenario. All right, let's do a little bit of a recap Last week we said that the market was winding up for a larger move. It was going to have a minimum of a 100-point move in one direction or another. We built a case. We broke to the downside. No surprises here. We are obviously lower than the tail low that we were watching. So now we have to eyeball where are the lower prices. Let's clean up the chart a little bit. There are a few things that we just don't need anymore. We don't need this trend line. It broke, and you see what happened when it did. As soon as it broke, we closed below it. Good night, Irene. The other thing is the 263.12, when we opened below that number on Friday, that was the tip-off. We discussed that in the Sunday video that was made over the weekend, and here we are. And you can also see the 253.34 peeking through on the far left side of the screen. We'll talk about that in a moment. But we also don't need the 263.12 any longer. When we don't need a number any longer, let's take it off the chart. I want to keep it as simple as possible. There is a bottom coming. The question is, where is it and how far down can they go? We're going to discuss that in great detail. The only thing left on the daily chart we really need to discuss right now is the 257.86. We'll get to that in a moment. And the volume. So we did see an increase in volume over Friday and Thursday's volume. So that's interesting. Is it capitulation type volume? Not just yet. Do we need to see a trap door open out and have some type of capitulation day? It's more likely than not. Let's take a peek at the 257.86 and see what happened when the market got to that price level earlier this morning. So in the third candle or the second candle of the day, you see we came in and spiked through the 257.86 and took off to the upside. And the market actually had quite a rally from that price level. But then we filled a gap and the market started consolidating. But look what happened when we closed below the low of the breakup candle. This was 11.10 this morning. Once we closed below that low here this afternoon around lunchtime, slightly after lunch, again, it was good night, Irene. 
We consolidated right underneath the 257.86. You can now see the importance of that level twice in one day, and the market traded away from that, putting in a little bit of a rally at the end of the day. And what I will mention on that rally at the end of the day is it was on 14 million shares on a 10-minute candle. That's interesting in and of itself because that's a lot of volume. Granted, probably some short covering at the end of the day from traders that just don't want to hold anything overnight. You never know what's going to hit overnight and how the market's going to open up the next day. And a trader that had a profitable day would likely cover his positions if he was on the short side. So that does speak to the volume coming into the end of the day. We don't know that that was the case, but that's certainly an answer to why was there so much volume, 14 million shares, coming into the last candle of the day. Now, let me point something out because this is interesting. I get a lot of emails earlier in the day from traders wanting to understand or know, was this a market bottom? And forget that for a second, but what is interesting is, look at the third 10-minute candle of the day. The closing price happened to be 258.45. Look at the high of the previous candle. Now, this isn't a breakdown candle or anything like that, but just look at the high of the previous candle, 258.44. So we closed one penny above the high of the previous candle. That's somewhat of a tip-off that they're likely going to send the market higher, which is exactly what happened. It's not in and of itself a reason to jump on board. I thought I would just point it out. I find that interesting. I find it fascinating. There are no coincidences. There are no accidents in the market. Now, let's go to a different chart. Let's go to the weekly chart and let's take a look at where our support levels are coming up. So the next thing we have on deck are the February lows. The actual low is 252.92. My price level that I liked, that I worked out, was 253.34. It's very close to the 252.92, which are the February lows. We're not going to split hairs over 40 or 50 cents. Now, we came close today, but we didn't get there. So today's low happened to be 253.53. So we came within 19 or 20 cents of the price level I put on the chart. Now remember, this price level is my number. Doesn't mean the market is going to stop on a dime at that price level. We never really know exactly where the market's going to stop on the downside or where the market's going to stop on the upside. The best we can do is use the tools that we have to determine the highest probability area where the market is likely to find support in a case like this and have some type of a bounce reaction, a rally, a tradable reaction at a minimum. So we got that intraday reaction from the 257.86. Guess what? That's over. We don't need that price level anymore. It may act as resistance on the way back up, but we can use today's high as a resistance if we were to trade up tomorrow morning. But what about the other side? What if we trade down? How much farther can we go on the downside? Well, there certainly will be some intraday support areas in between 253.34 and the 246.31. That is the next trend line you see on the screen. However, that is the next major area of support that I have from a daily chart perspective. Does that mean that the market is guaranteed to get there? No, it doesn't. The market can stop anywhere it wants between today and some other point 
in the future, and it can be higher than 246.31, and it certainly can be lower than 246.31. The way we treat that is we're looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. That's something that's discussed in detail in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. That's what we're looking for. The first thing we're looking for is an intraday reversal. The second thing we're looking for is a daily chart reversal. That gives us something to trade against so that we know where we're wrong in case the market continues lower. It's something that's taught in detail in the course. We like to lose, if we have to lose at all, we like to lose small and fast if it has to be a loss. So therefore, we want to be able to take a trade as close to risk as possible. If the market puts in a reversal, whether it's on a 10-minute chart, an hourly chart, or a daily chart, we know where we're wrong, therefore we can take a trade relatively close to risk in most cases. What about the crash scenario? What happens if 246 gets cut through like a hot knife through butter and it's not even a glimmer of hope in terms of support for the market? What's the next level below that? We have to be prepared for both sides of the equation. So we need to understand what the different particular price levels are if the market decides to really open up the trap door. Well, there you have it. We have 242 and then we have 234.59, which is simply a gap, which also coincides with a 200-week moving average. Now, keep in mind, if the market is falling hard and fast, the market has a tendency to slice through support levels on an intraday basis. It can overshoot a 242 by like 20, 30 S&P handles. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying it has a tendency to do that from an intraday perspective. When the market is selling hard, and believe it or not, today, as many points as the market was down. In fact, the S&P was down 54 points at the end of the day, about 2%. And the market really didn't sell hard. It was more like persistent selling, but it really wasn't a hard and fast sell all day. So let's keep something in mind. As much as the media is telling you it's Armageddon, as much as you might think that we're going to get sliced in half from here, I get all that, and maybe it happens. But here's where I am. I'm looking for a low this week. It Does it have to happen this week? Maybe it happens into next week. It is kind of a crappy thing to do to bring out the Grinch that stole Christmas, but we have to deal with the markets that we have, and whether we do or do not get a Christmas rally this week, we're looking for a low, we're looking for signs and a signal of a reversal, of a trend change, and we're likely going to see it around one of these numbers identified on the screen. Right now, there's no reason to guess when the market, if the market gets to one of these numbers, wait for the sign and signal. The market is very, very stretched in terms of an oversold condition. Remember the rubber band analogy. The rubber band gets stretched and stretched and stretched, and at one point it snaps back or it breaks. We're in that scenario right now. We're in the condition where the rubber band can break. If the rubber band breaks, we'll find the market down at 242, 240, maybe even as low as 234 or 5. It's possible. I'm not saying what's probable and what isn't right now. I'm just waiting for the market to bottom. Frankly, I don't care where it is. Here's the thing. When it does, there's going to be a tremendous rip-roaring rally out of that bottom. Just like there's been in the past. 
the easy money will be made right up front. First two or three days, you're looking at a minimum of 150 or more S&P handles off the bottom. Minimum. The IWM, my favorite market-leading indicator, absolutely getting taken out behind the woodshed, shot two, three, four times, down two and a quarter percent against the S&P that was down about two percent. So it is outpacing on the downside. It does lead in either direction the majority of the time. The IWM has absolutely been smashed, crushed, even just in the month of December. The December high right here on the 3rd of December was at 154.48. We closed today at 137.02. That's absolutely hammered. On the weekly chart, you can see we're getting very close to the 200-week moving average. Does it hold? Well, there's a gap down here at 127. If the market is selling hard and they do open up the trap door, everything gets thrown out. The baby gets thrown out with the bathwater, the bathwater gets thrown out, and they even throw out the tub. And here's something else. When you look at the weekly chart, and this is something that's right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you can almost see from a symmetrical standpoint exactly where the market is headed. And that brings up another point. The market has a destination in mind. The S&P, the IWM, the NASDAQ, whatever it is, the market has a price destination in mind. We have a time destination in mind. The market also has a time destination in mind. Our job is to figure out where that price and time will converge. The reason we're seeing persistent selling is because the market hasn't got to the destination. When it does, it will have a much larger type of reaction than anything that we've seen over the last several days. And you'll know it when you see it. It will put in an hourly bottom. It will or will not do a retracement, and it will take off, and that will be the bottom. But it won't do it until it gets to the destination, and that's the rub. We're trying, or I'm trying, to figure out where the destination is. I think we have a better chance at time than we do price so we're looking for the market to tell us let the market indicate when it's putting in that trend change signal therefore it's a spectator sport until it doesn't have to be the transports my second favorite market leading indicator here's a weekly chart we're looking at more weekly charts why because what happens when you look at daily charts of these indexes, they're all at the bottom of the chart, so you don't know where they're going. So I want us to see where the next logical level of support is going to be. And you can see it's pretty clear as day that from a weekly chart perspective, the destination looks, at least from a visual perspective, like it wants to be the 200-week moving average. We'll just pick a round number and say somewhere in the vicinity of 9,000 to 9,100 seems logical. Doesn't have to be the final destination, but it certainly appears that it's a destination. If the market got killed and everything got thrown out, where is that area where I would be buying with both hands? Is that a former breakout area that if the market comes back down to test and that price level is in the vicinity of, we'll call it 8,100 to 8,000. If somehow, some way, we got one of those trapdoor open type of scenarios, and here's the IYT, which is the exchange traded fund that tracks the transportation index, the price level coincides with what we just discussed is anywhere between 147 and 144, 145. That's the price level 
that I would be willing to step in and likely buy the IYT with both hands. I have no idea whether we'll get anywhere close to that on this particular sell-off. I'm just saying, just in case. The NASDAQ. Before, the NASDAQ was making higher lows. Now the NASDAQ pierced through the low today. It didn't make a new closing low. When you look at the daily chart, you'll see we spiked through the old low. We didn't make a new closing low. But again, all the markets look the same. All the markets are basically trading the same, not necessarily to the same magnitude all day, every day, but you can see what's going on. It's all the same market. The XLF, we know we needed the XLF to get over $25 to have a chance that didn't happen. We traded away in the other direction. This morning, the XLF was actually trying to rally. I sent out a midday update to the folks that get my morning notes with my support and resistance levels early in the morning. And I even noted in the midday update that the XLF and for that matter, the SMH, the semis, were actually trying to stage a rally. And as long as they did, then the market was likely to hold up. But I also said that if everything was to go lower, then everything would go lower, including the SMH, the XLF, and everything along with it. And that's precisely what happened. You can see the high of the day was 24.47, and we actually even made a low today of 23.89, finishing on the nose 24. Probably a coincidence. When you look over at the SMH, again, still not in the same position as the other markets. Should we read anything into this, or is this going to give up the ghost as well? Well, I'm not going to buy the SMH blindly and hope this is the market that's going to lead everything out of this bear phase, but it certainly does look like it's in better shape than the other markets, but again, all markets will trade together. It was down 1% today, or just short of 1%. It was actually up over 1% earlier in the morning looked like it was trying to lead at least in part in part of the technology space was trying to lead a rally to the markets but it didn't happen the markets rolled over and gave up the ghost gold is headed higher maybe it's on the fear trade quote unquote we're hanging around that 1250 area we've been here before a few days ago sold off a little bit and bounced off the 20 period moving average never did get back down to the 1232 and a half level the gold market is somewhat buoyant, likely higher prices as long as we still see the downward pressure in stocks. Crude oil, long bearish pattern, now it's breaking to the downside. Previously, as this bearish pattern was developing, we talked about a break lower and what that would mean in terms of a price. So let me switch over to the weekly chart and you'll see where that price is. It happens to be 47. Maybe it's 46 and a half, maybe it's 47 and a quarter. But 47 is the next logical area where the market should find some support. Remember this hot zone? I'm the only one not in that trade to the short side. We're taking it off. It's done. It's over. It was on there for a long, long time. That is some decline in the crude oil market. By the way, if 47 doesn't hold, then it's 45, 44 and a half right in that zone there. Arbitrary number 4478, but in that zone 45 to 44 and a half. Let's look at a few stocks and see just in case the trapdoor opens, where are these stocks headed? What's the destination? Where can we look to pick up some stocks on sale if in fact the market goes down, meaning the S&P goes down another, you know, 100, 150 S&P handles? 
We want to know where the particular support levels are on some of the stocks that we want to own. So like Apple, for example. Apple didn't close below the low from the 10th. That low was 163.33. So it's hanging in there, but really by the skin of its teeth. So let's go over to the weekly chart and let's see where we would be interested in Apple. Well, the next level down is 159 on a hard sell. Is that going to hold? I don't know. So, you know, we don't know exactly where Apple's going to bottom, but I'll be looking for signs and signal of a trend change if we can get it all the way down somehow, some way, some weird event takes place. Getting Apple down here around 145 to 140, down around this 200 period moving average, that would be a home run. We'll see what happens. It's not necessarily likely, but anything is possible. You never know. Never underestimate how low or how high they can take a stock or they can take a market. Facebook, again, we're on the weekly chart, and you can see the only area that I would be interested to buy Facebook is down around 120 or below. In here, it just never really got any kind of a stout bounce off this level. It's hovering around the 200 period moving average on the weekly chart. Looks like it's going to roll over if it can't get going relatively fast. So if the market doesn't rally, Facebook would be unlikely to rally also. So on a hard sell, if in fact that does happen, I'm looking at around 120 or below for Facebook. Goldman Sachs has been in the news Goldman Sachs is being sued or actually brought up on criminal charges in Malaysia. So the stock is obviously under pressure. Who knows how that's going to pan out. But those type of news items, they're not necessarily the beginning of another decline. They're usually pretty close to marking a bottom of some sort. So we'll see. I like 164 in that general area. If that doesn't hold, 150 is the next obvious big fat round number. There's also a little gap over here right down around 150. So I would be interested 164, and if that didn't work, 150. 164 is a little close. The market was selling hard. I wouldn't expect that price level to hold. Netflix, there's really no number nearby on Netflix that has my interest other than a number that's way far away. I'm almost embarrassed to say it. But it would have to get down to around 220, 225 for me to get interested in Netflix. About Google on a hard sell, is a thousand going to hold anymore? Probably not. Where do we have to look? Nine and a quarter, 922 in that general area or somewhere in between where we can spot the sign and signal of a trend change. How about a couple of the pot stocks? I know there's interest in the pot stocks out there and rightfully so. It's certainly an industry that has a lot of runway left for many, many years. So there will be some big winners. I don't know which ones they are, but certainly the real companies appear to be Canopy. They appear to be Tilray. There's a couple of others that I've got on my radar screen. Kronos is potentially another one. So where would I be interested in Canopy? I like Canopy. I think it's a real company. I'm interested in Canopy around 25 bucks. That's where I was interested before, never got there. I'm still interested. Tilray. Look at this one. This thing was as high as $300 a share. When was that? That was September 19th this year. Where would I buy Tilray? 44 bucks. Is it going to get there? I don't know, but it's on my list. So here's what happens. Let's say the market is selling hard. 
And if that's a possibility, which it obviously has been and continues to be a possibility, so I have a list, meaning I start to set alerts on certain stocks that I'm willing to own at certain price levels, and whether it's today or tomorrow or Wednesday, whatever day it is, there will come a time when some of those alerts will start firing off. And I will start to buy some of these things at price levels that nobody ever thought they would get to. And that's the way money is made in the market. I don't buy them blindly. I do a lot of work ahead of time, and I know where I'm wrong. You saw me do it last time when the market bounced before. I took a loss on one stock out of all the stocks, out of all the swing trades that I took. I took one loss because I got in NVIDIA early. It's the way it works. Sometimes they don't work out, but I knew where I was wrong. You cut and run. That's the way it works. Micron. Where would I be interested to buy Micron? A spike through the 200 period moving average. Let's just say $28, $28.5. Somewhere in that general neighborhood, $28.33. It's an arbitrary number, but in that neighborhood, I would be willing. I would be a willing participant in Micron. And with that, folks, I'm out of air. I'm out of wind. I'm out of gas. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Music.